0: respect to them. You're supposed to kind of take care of business and hopefully clean some things up before you get ready for the conference. So as you saw the game Saturday, guys, what'd you see?
1: Yeah, I thought uh, our team played pretty well. Uh, Not maybe the peak that we hope to hit as we go through the season. Uh, But Tennessee Martin, yeah, they came in, hustled around, played hard, did some decent things here and there. But obviously they were outmanned. Uh, from the beginning, so uh, yeah, forty-five points was uh, about right. We covered uh, forty-one spread. So uh, when you do that, I guess you've had a pretty good game.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people. I know Coach Muller wasn't happy at halftime. It was seventeen nothing. But you know, the first drive, they have a pretty pretty good methodical drive, and and have Kyle Pitts wide open in the flat. He catches it and trips over the eleven yard line, or he walks in for a touchdown. And then they had a fourth down run with Felipe, and they just didn't block one guy. So. If you score maybe those two times, uh, the first half looks a little bit better. I thought the defense tackled well at times. Um, you know, lost a couple guys to injury, which hurts. But, you know, now the real season starts with Kentucky. From an offensive standpoint, gentlemen, three-three-five, Coach, you don't see that very much.
1: Not too much anymore. Uh, back in the old days, uh, in fact, Alabama on passing downs, a lot of times they'd play, you know, the five short, three deep uh, zone defense. But uh, – Yeah, they had a way of getting those linebackers up in the run, though. The zone read that everybody's running, uh, you know, they can slant those guys and slant the linebackers, and sometimes it's hard to block all that stuff. And uh, maybe that's why our zone read play wasn't all that great. But uh, I think our best runs, when Felipe got underneath and uh, sort of had the old high tailback in there, running off guard, tackle, straight ahead, and those type of runs seemed to average 8 or 10 yards. Well,
2: you know, uh, the 3-3-5 made us be patient. You know, I thought it was a good plan. I know that's what UT Martin does, but it doesn't allow a lot of big plays usually. It keeps everything in front of you, and, you know, you kind of kind of drive methodically down the length of the field. So, you know, the one good thing uh, uh, Franks did was, you know, he had hit a couple of deep balls, but he was patient and took what was underneath. We've kind of mentioned this with Felipe Franks before,
0: in that sometimes in the past his accuracy has been in question, but guys in in this game he looked to be more accurate, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I think so. Of course, we threw a lot of those sideways passes that everybody's throwing now, and it's a it's a good play if your receivers are good blockers. And I tell you, Tyree Cleveland and Hammond and, and Van Jefferson also they're good blockers out there. In fact, I think we beat Miami because that little sideways pass that uh, Pitts got and, and had some excellent blocking by the receivers downfield, and we got it down to the two-yard line. Felipe t- took it in the next play. So that, that's a good play for us. And if they're going to allow us to throw it, we've got to keep throwing that, which uh, we did quite a bit last week. And then that sets up, you know, downfield passing after that.
2: Yeah, you know, when you throw those wide receiver screens, bubbles, or what have you, you know, I feel like that's a, that's an extension of the run game. When you're not running it real well, get it in guys' hands out in space. And as Coach mentioned, our guys, you better block for Billy Gonzalez or you're not going to play. And uh, anytime you can get our, our guys in space, uh, that's kind of how football is these days. You see everybody around college football doing it. Beginning of the season, I think Gator
0: fans would, would say, because of the loss on the offensive line, this was going to be a work in progress. John Heves, he's done a, a good job normally in, in, in there. But Florida's not run the ball great the first couple of games. So is the offensive line still kind of a work in progress?
1: Mm-hmm. I think they're playing pretty well, Steve. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes it's easy to always pick on the offensive line when it doesn't go well. Uh, but those guys are playing as hard as they can, and they're they're trying as hard as they can. And uh, sometimes you got to say, well, they're playing pretty well, and let's, let's make sure we give them a, a play that they got a chance to be successful. Uh, obviously, the guys we played against last week, I thought we handled them pretty well, but when they're stunting and moving around and so forth, sometimes a guy comes free that you can't block. So uh, I think our offensive line actually is playing a little bit better than most people think.
2: Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know having two games under their belt, they're still young, but now uh, the, you know, Mullen and Hevesy, they can look and say, okay, this is what we've done well in the run game, this is what we haven't done well. So let's let's hone in on what we're doing well and, and get ready for Kentucky, and hopefully we can have those run plays do well. The SEC season starts this week. Coach, When when you were coaching and you guys
0: were going to get ready for the SEC opener or any SEC game, I mean, obviously you put together a game plan each week and you run ball plays you think are going to work. How much, Steve, if anything, did you save so that Kentucky or the next opponent wouldn't have something on tape?
1: Well, certainly against a lighter opponent like UT Martin, you would save some double passes or this, that, and the other. So, uh, yeah, that, that was something we didn't want to use, particularly against the little teams. Unless it was some kind of play that a wide receiver is not a very good passer and if we get way ahead, we'll let you do this or something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we, we would have a little fun occasionally if we were way ahead, but not too much. and uh, again, but conference play starts this week. Uh, obviously, the first goal of every team that has a chance to win the division is let's win the division, and this Kentucky games. A, SEC game and a division game so this is uh, extra important to achieve the goal of winning the division that's the first goal I think every team has
2: yeah and I think Dan Mullen and his staff can look back and say hey two years ago up in Lexington Florida wins to extend that winning streak but Kentucky decided not to cover two of our guys and left them wide open which I'd never seen at any level Mm -hmm. of football and then last year obviously we didn't play well on either side of the ball. Uh, they ran it down our throats. We couldn't tackle them. Uh, and then offensively, we didn't produce. So uh, I think they should have the, the players' attention. I mean, it's a huge – a lot of expectations for this team, and this is uh, game one in the SEC on the road. Got to go win it. Steve, I'm just curious. When when you either had a quarterback go
0: down or you put a quarterback in the game, you, you basically ran your system. and It didn't change a whole lot, I don't think. Well, now Kentucky has sort of a run-and-shoot kind of a guy, and now they have a kid who hasn't played a whole lot. And Mark Mm -hmm. Stoops has come out and said, Look, I don't care. I I hate to see the kid get hurt, but we're we're playing to win here. But you didn't change a whole lot when you put a different quarterback in the game, did you?
1: No, most of our quarterbacks were pretty similar as far as uh, pass first, and if they had to run occasionally, dart up in there and make five or six, seven yards, that type thing. So they were all pretty similar in that manner. And uh, from what I understand this quarterback's pretty good. I heard some of the national radio boys talking about it this morning that uh, they're not expecting a big drop off, uh, but time will tell. Uh, he hasn't played much yet, but uh, from what I hear they're they're going to play their game plan and go from there.
2: Yeah, I think Sawyer Smith coming from the Troy offense, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's a much better thrower than Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson's a guy that runs around with his legs, makes some plays, so um our secondary will be tested. You know, hopefully our pass rush will help the secondary, especially with CJ being out. Um, but as Coach said, all his quarterbacks were pretty much the same. Nowadays it seems like so many different teams have a guy who can throw and then exactly. they have a guy that is more of a dual threat guy. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, you think back to Kentucky the last couple of years, it's been more run heavy with Benny Snell. Coach, I think, you know, you you played against Kentucky
0: a lot and they've not had a lot of seasons in which they were – Double digit winners. They won 10 games last year. Mm-hmm. I think for Kentucky, this is a measuring stick. You know, they've stuck with Mark Stoops. He started slowly, but he's recruited a lot better. Certainly had a good year last year. So for that program,
1: getting a win at home against Florida is huge. Oh, it would be huge for Kentucky. And uh, we need to go up there and play well to beat him, certainly. Uh, yeah, Kentucky had been one of those teams that lose a lot of close games, uh, like our 93 game up there when <laughs> Dorian got the touchdown pass yeah. in the last seven or eight seconds and so forth. In fact, I heard one of the Kentucky players talking about that recently uh, that played on that team, and he said Florida threw seven interceptions, and we still lost the game. <laughs> and we did. We threw seven interceptions, but we were only, what, three down and got the ball back with a minute. Defense got it back, and uh, we – Doring split the cover two and Danny hit him perfectly and that play you know helped us win the SEC that year if we don't win that game we got two losses and we're not SEC champs that year
2: well go, going up to Lexington it's going to be very important for us you know because they they always have a great crowd when Florida goes there and it, it was usually it used to be late in the year now it's early in the year and, and they have big expectations as you said going 10-3 and three last year and They expect to win, and I think we go in there. If we don't turn the football over and give them short fields, we should be okay.
1: Okay, at Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. So call them up and start feeling better today. Coming up here on our Inside the Huddle
0: podcast, a lot of things. We're going to look back at some of the games from last week, look ahead to some of the matchups this week. Going to have a question of the week, and Coach Spurrier is going to dial up a ball play for you. Yeah, that's all coming up. Stay with us as we continue Inside the Huddle, ESPN, one FM, 850 AM, WYUF.
1: Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain Don't wait. Tell your doctor to defer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644.
2: Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net.
1: I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis.
3: Well, Coach, you're not the only one, because I got the vehicle that I drive from Davis-Gainesville Chevrolet, but the question is now, how do we get everybody else in town to jump on the Davis bandwagon?
1: If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators.
3: So what you waiting for? Get to Main Street today and check out Davis-Gainesville Chevrolet, because real gators
4: drive davis inside the huddle with shane matthews steve russell and steve spurrier on espn 981 fm 850 am wruf it's time for the question of the week which is brought to you by davis chevrolet the hometown automotive partner of the florida gators real gators drive davis We welcome
0: you back to Inside the Huddle, and here is our question of the week. If Tennessee, guys, loses to Chattanooga, do you think Philip Fulmer will be on the sideline when Tennessee comes for a noon game here in the swamp?
2: Well, I don't know how good the moccasins are, UT Chattanooga, but, you know, Tennessee's finding ways to lose ball games, and it wouldn't surprise me. I think Phil Fulmer has. You know, I think he's the AD. He's not the ambassador, I don't think. I think he's, he's the AD. AD. He's yeah. the head guy. Yeah.
1: He's, he's the head of all the program there. Uh, I was watching Feinbaum briefly yesterday, and he had John Adams, the columnist for the Knoxville News, sitting along. And he was talking about uh, how Coach Fulmer goes to practice every day, has a whistle. He's out there working with those <laughs> offensive linemen. I wow. said, Really? And uh, he said, Yeah, they've started a rumor up there, I guess, that if uh, Pruitt loses this one, don't be surprised if Phil Fulmer might be on the sideline against the Gators. Now, I think that's a long shot right now, Steve. Uh, but they were talking about it up there a little bit uh, in Knoxville. Kind of
0: amazing what's happened to Tennessee, isn't it? I mean, I, Coach, when yeah. when you were going up against Philip Fulmer, it was usually the first SEC game. Mm-hmm. Really important to win that game in the SEC East, and they've fallen a long way.
1: Oh, they've had, they had some really good teams back in the 90s there. And... Uh, and then I guess in two thousands uh, they weren't quite as good as they were back then. So they've they've been in a slump. And uh, somebody compared them a little bit to Nebraska, a, a power, a really a power like Nebraska and Tennessee. Whereas high school football in that state's not not the best, not as good as the other states. And, and all the other schools in the other states facilities improved so much that kids are staying home. They're not going to Tennessee and Nebraska like they used to. So time will tell if uh, Tennessee can turn it around. Coach thinks it's a long shot. Do you think Fulmer would go back on the sidelines? I don't know
2: if he'll be on the sidelines here in the swamp. Now I I think their schedule; they still have to play. uh, Oh, it's brutal! It's it's awful after UT Chattanooga. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if you know they're sitting one in five. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Coach, having coached as long as you have.
0: I understand a fan base, a proud fan base like Tennessee, mm-hmm. but it just seems to me that fan bases now have little to no patience. They they just don't mm-hmm. give coaches time. Kentucky gave Mark Stoops time to build his program. Do you th- mm-hmm. if this isn't turned around right away? Do you think
1: Pruitt's going to get the time? There's a saying. Uh, I th- I think Ben Franklin may have said this. Once a man's mind has been stretched to new dimensions, it will never return to its old place. In other words, once you've won big at a school and you're not doing it anymore, uh, the fans are going to be restless. They know we can do that. Uh, South Carolina, we are able to win 11 games, you know, those three years in a row. And now they they want to win 11 again, because they, they say, hey, we can do this here. And, and of course, Tennessee, they've been at the top. They went undefeated in 98. Uh, but even back uh, in General Needland's day, Doug Dickey won an SEC there. Uh, they've they've had really good teams, so they fans are wondering how come we don't have a good team again. And that's just natural. That's just the way life is. You think he gets time, Shane? I, I don't know. I just I you know you go back and
2: see how they played last year, and I think they got they improved a little bit towards the end of the year. But you know the the, the way you don't. I mean, they got manhandled by Georgia State, and give Georgia State a lot of credit. And then, um, you know, BYU's a team that, you know, I, I love their quarterback. I-, I told you that on our show. Yep. And he made some plays there late in the game. But, you know, they, they blew it. They had the game one and a-, a breakdown in the secondary in-, in cover three, which your goal is to not let anybody behind you in cover three. And Tennessee had a guy running wide open. I mean, uh, BYU had a guy running wide open.
0: All right, let's go now to back to Florida here and the uh, play of the week. Brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. I think we all agree that throw to Van Jefferson is the play of the game. And I'll let you guys describe it and how you saw that play unfold.
1: Okay, yeah, I think we were sort of sputtering around. We were hitting a few passes here, there, and the other. Uh, but he, uh, he he found... Jet. Van Jefferson on that deep, uh, deep crosser going down uh, the right sideline, so forth. Beautiful throw by Felipe. Hit him on the dead run. Protection was excellent, and that was that was a big play of the game. And away we went after that.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing in that was the protection. I think that's you know with the three three were only rushing three. It allowed him to to look. He kind of looked the safety off left and just threw a beautiful ball. Uh, one that what I like to call he he threw him open where Jefferson had to go get it. And uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful throw and, and got the crowd going.
1: Yeah, exactly, Shane. Uh, as quarterbacks, we all used to tell our guys to throw to an area, and the, we know where the receiver's going to be. And Felipe did that. He went back, looked at the coverage, put it out there, and, and Van Jefferson ran right through it. Beautiful play.
0: We're going to have a fun segment now because it you really is a different way to
2: look at this. We're going to do mm-hmm. the coach of the week. So... You want to start, Shane? Well, my coach of the week is an assistant coach. He's not a head coach, and he uh, is out of LSU, and his name is Joe Brady. I thought LSU's offense was very impressive. Obviously, they were impressive against Georgia Southern, but I think everybody wanted to just wait, including myself. I didn't think they would air it out and spread the field like they did against Texas. I was very impressed. I thought Joe Burrow played very well, and I, I can't remember who the commentator was when I was watching You know the – the post-game shows and stuff, and some some guy sitting in the studio said, isn't it interesting that LSU decided to use their great wide receivers while they had college eligibility not wait for them to become stars in the NFL? And, you know, they had three receivers with over 100 yards. So uh, very impressed with what Joe Brady and the LSU Tigers did.
1: Yeah, he did have a heck of a game, Shane. My coach of the week is going to Mel Tucker, University of Colorado, They had a nice come-from-behind victory over Nebraska. And I really like what he said when the game was over. He said, we teach our players don't look at the scoreboard. Play each play the very best you can, and we'll see how we did when the game's over. That was one of John Wooden's quotes also. And uh, Shane probably heard me say that sometimes to our guys. We'll call plays according to what the score is, but all you have to do as a player is play every play the best you can, and then when it's over, we'll look up and see how we did. Yep. Mine, um, I'm going to go out west
0: and go to Clay Helton because, you know, we just saw Lynn Swan resign as the school's athletic director. But they've been under, you know, poor year last year. And talk about a coach under siege. It's been him. And USC got a nice win and beat Stanford last week. So Clay Helton is uh, my coach of the week. So uh, good choices. And we'll do this every week. And it'll be that coach. For that week. The next week he might stink. That's but right. For our, but for our one week, mm-hmm. it'll be somebody that's okay. going to be pretty darn good. Um, coming up in the show, we're going to take a look and get a closer look at Florida and Kentucky, but we're going to look back at some of the SEC games last week. I do want to mention one more thing about Joe Burrow, and this is what one game can do. I think you guys all know this. Every week, there's a mock draft of some, somebody doing some NFL mock draft. I saw on CBSSports.com today, Joe Burrow is now in the first round. Wow. First round. Now, that's going to change 75 times between now and, you know, the NFL draft. But it's amazing what one week's performance can do, either to move
2: you up or move you down. Kind of a a strange thing. Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with a doorbell camera. Contact them today at CPSS.net. Coming up, more here on Inside
0: the Huddle with Steve Spurrier, Shane Matthews, Jay Kitts producing today. We thank you for listening to our Inside the Huddle podcast, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
2: Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras and thermostats, crime prevention and security and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net
1: everyone is raving about titan mri with the highest rated mri facilities in town titan mri is the place to go titan mri is the only locally owned and operated mri center in town joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area at titan mri the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain Free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to defer you to Titan MRI or call them today at six seven two six six four
5: four. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Mac
2: english version today please
5: wake up to the best cuban food and coffee north of miami with miapa latin cafe their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients enjoy cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo with great food affordable prices and friendly service from 7 a.m to 10 p.m every day you can't beat the miapa way visit them at either of their locations in gainesville and alachua miapa latin cafe a proud supporter of the florida gators Inside
4: the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF.
0: We our Coach of the Week segment. It was brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee in gator country. Now we're going to have a fun segment, especially if you are watching us, because it's a great treat to see Coach Spurrier uh, going to draw up a play, and it's going to be our Chalk Talk segment, and this particular Chalk Talk segment today is, I'm sure for Shane, going to be a lot of fun. Steve, it's the first play you ran as the head coach of Florida, so have at it. Um,
1: Okay, thank you, Steve. Uh... We were playing Oklahoma State and uh, way back, 1990. So Shane uh, says, Coach, what's the first play? We want to run? No, I asked Shane, uh, do you want uh, to run in the first play? I think Shane said, well, let's throw a screen or maybe run draw something like that. I said, let's pitch it down the field, Shane, okay? He said, okay, Coach. So we knew uh, <clears throat> by our formation the coverage that uh, Oklahoma State would play. They were sort of consistent. According to your formation, this is what you got. So we got into uh, what we call the trips, three receivers to one side, one on the other, and uh, we knew we'd get what everybody calls cover three. Three deep, four short underneath. So we ran what we call a Z cross play. And basically, whoops, what we're trying to do, we're gonna clear out an area over here. Our, Our split end, he went deep, and he cleared that guy out completely. Our tight end ran over here, in the flat and sort of got that linebacker on it. We put a little fake on here with the back just to sort of hold these guys a little bit so Ernie Mills could get up in here and get over here in what we call the crossing area of the field at about, oh, 15 to 20 yards deep right in there. This other receiver was just down here. He he wasn't really in the play that much. So what we Shane did, Shane came back, gave this guy just a little bit of a fake. And then he looked through this area down here, and he could see the whole area. And uh, he could see Ernie Mills come wide open. He caught it and uh, got tackled for a 20-yard gain. So uh, everybody did their part. Everybody ran the route correctly. Offensive line was in good shape, and we had a guy wide open.
2: Yeah, you know, what, what brings up that, uh, Steve, is you know we talk about how people call our show daily, and they saw so-and-so was wide open. Okay, Coach, did you just hear what Coach said? The X is clearing it out. He's being a good teammate. He's he's really not part of the read unless the corner falls down and you throw the go route. But then your eyes are looking through the area, you know, underneath where the, the tight end is dragging to the Z on the crosser. You're looking there. Okay, this guy out here to the left, the B, you heard what Coach said. He ain't really part of the play, right. okay? That's where the fans see that guy wide open and want to know why Felipe Franks didn't throw it over there. Well, he wasn't part of the read. So, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a great play, and like Coach said, by formation, we knew what we should get, and that's what people sometimes don't understand why coaches they may line up in a in a certain formation and and run the dive play and not get a yard, but they're kind of looking to see is the defense lining up how we saw they lined up on tape.
1: Now if, Steve, they didn't go for the little fake draw, in other words, let's say this guy dropped way back in here, he dropped way back, way back, and this guy dropped way back. They, they could have covered the play, but because of a little fake run, these, these guys were a little slow getting back, and, uh, and the area was all cleared. Now if they had all dropped back, then Shane would have thrown to the back, right here at five yards, right over the middle, Eric Rett and he would probably make six, seven yards, something like that. So if it's not open downfield, hopefully we'll have a short guy so so the quarterback can throw the ball.
0: And see, again, that little ball fake holds the linebackers a little bit. And then I I think that I'm always fascinated by this. I I could have you guys do this for two hours, and I'd sit here and do it. But when when plays are drawn up, Steve, what I like about it is, and Shane, you accurately said it, sometimes – Guys are running routes to get somebody open. They are not the
1: primary guy.
0: But their job is important, isn't it, Steve, to get the guy open? Oh,
1: All 11 guys' job is important. One of those linemen uh, misses a block or goes the wrong direction, the guy's in the quarterback's face, then all the other stuff is for naught. So, uh, yeah, all 11 guys. And that's what's, to me, thrilling about football and, and about coaching. Coaching is <laughs> – to me, more important in football than any sport because you've got 11 guys trying to do their assignment correctly. In, in the other sports, uh, what basketball is only five, baseball a lot of times it's just the pitcher and the catcher and the hitter and so forth. But football, you got to have all 11 guys doing their assignment.
0: Love it. That's our chalk talk. Let's take a look back, guys, at last week a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and let's start with LSU. I think what LSU has done offensively makes them a very dangerous team if they continue to do it. I was a little bit surprised that Texas did what they did offensively. You know, their quarterback threw for 400. You know, think about that. Quarterbacks throwing for 400 yards now is like, okay, they threw for 400 yards. It's no big deal. Back in the day, would have gotten the Heisman Trophy for that. But uh, when when you guys look at LSU now, do you agree? Pretty dangerous team?
2: I think they are. I think uh, the athletes, you know, I think everyone has always been scared of LSU getting a quarterback. I remember people talking about it in the SEC. Maybe it was Bear Bryant said that if Florida ever gets the right coach, it was him. Look out! Yep. And so they did in 1990. So it's kind of like the same with LSU. Why they never had a quarterback, I haven't. I haven't understood. But now they're opening it up. Uh, but what was in, surprising to me is LSU giving up as many points as they did because yeah. they usually are stout on defense. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure what to think of LSU right now. But I really did like what they did on offense. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you're right, uh, Shane. LSU gave up a bunch of points, maybe because they scored a bunch. But, you know, that game, to me, still came down to that uh, third and 17, was it, that LSU had in the fourth quarter. And Texas decided to blitz them for some reason. Uh, I know. I'm still a believer. You line up about four guys at 15 yards across there, make them throw it in front of you and go tackle the guy and so forth. But they blitzed, which gave uh, Burra a chance to hit the guy on the crosser. And he called it and ran for a touchdown on that play. So, uh, coaching decisions. I'll tell you what, uh, the winner of the game a lot of times comes down to, hey, that defensive coach called a bad one or that offensive coach called a bad one. Texas uh, gave away some early points. We talked about that earlier, Shane. They were on the two-yard line, got no points. Another time inside the 10, early in the game. So, uh, they didn't maximize all their scoring chances. And in the end, uh, that might have been a reason they got beat also.
0: A lot of people thought – Texas A&M would compete with Clemson. Some Mm -hmm. thought they would knock Clemson off, although difficult to do in Death Valley.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, When you looked at Clemson, what'd you see? Well, Clemson's a solid team, and and A&M played well the first quarter. And you know it was a seven-three game, and and Kellen Mond ran like a quarterback draw for about fifteen yards, but he fumbled in Clemson's territory, and then boom, all of a sudden it's 14 to 3 and it was just difficult for them to uh gain back the momentum but uh Cle- Clemson's a heck of a team um you know but I still think A&M is a team that's going to cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh Clemson and Texas A&M uh, one of the Texas A&M players said, we're going to win. Remember that early That's in the right. week? you said it. Uh, he forgot talking season ended about three weeks ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember last year one of our defensive backs said, we're going to beat Kentucky. That streak's going to go to 35 or whatever. And uh, you can't talk like that. It always – I had to tell our guys, you can talk confidently and you can expect to win. You can say, if we play our best, we feel like we've got a good chance to beat these guys. But don't say, we're going to do it. Uh, the football guys don't like teams that say they're going to do something. Don't, don't sound overconfident, and that's a, a word, I think, that uh, sometimes these players slip into.
0: Um, right now, if you had to give me, and a coach had suggested this, top four right now, okay? Who would your – Shane, I'll start with you. Who would
2: your top four be? Well, I'm going to go with Clemson because they're defending national champs, and they, I think they beat a quality opponent in a and and beat them handily. The score doesn't indicate it at 24-10. I'm going to go with my uh, second-ranked team is the LSU Tigers. Uh, They've been impressive to me, and they went into a a hostile environment there in Austin and and beat, I think, a pretty good uh, Texas team. Number three to me is going to be Oklahoma. I just like what Lincoln Riley does offensively. Uh, And then I'm going to have a 4A and a 4B. Okay. And I'm going to go with uh, as bad as I – Georgia and Alabama. I'm just putting them right there. Alabama down, huh? Yeah, I mean, they haven't played anybody, and – I like the way the other three teams ahead of them played. So we'll see.
1: Okay, uh, here's what I got, Steve. And, again, what we're doing, all 130 teams in Division One, we all start out even instead of yep. we're not going by anything that happened last year or two years ago or five years ago. So that pretty much eliminates Alabama simply because they had not played anybody yet. Uh, that's, that's a good, worthy opponent. But, anyway, Clemson has two wins. Over Power Five teams and the top ten team, Texas A&M and Georgia Tech, so I got them first. Got them first again. Okay. Uh, second, uh, LSU and third, Texas. Wow! I, I got them right in there together. Hey, either team could have won that game. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna give them a little reward for uh, playing each other. They didn't have to play each other. Okay. They, they could have played Sam Houston State. Texas yeah. could have. LSU could have played one of those Louisiana teams that, uh, and so forth. But they it was a heck of a game. And, uh, I, th- I think America loves games like that. They want to see two big state universities go at it. Uh, with Matthew McConaughey there, and uh, man, it was a sideshow. And he's, da- <laughs> he's down there on the sideline the whole game. <clears throat> it was, uh, it was good television, put it that way. And then, uh, my fourth team, again, simply because they have beat two Power Five teams. Uh, they're not going to be there very long, but, they- <laughs> but the North Carolina Tar Heels. They have beat two Power 5 teams. Mm -hmm. So let's give them credit, Miami and South Carolina. Uh, If we had a comeback team of the week, it would be South Carolina Gamecocks. After losing to North Carolina up in Charlotte, they bounced back with a big win and a new quarterback. Uh, They beat Charleston Southern. Uh, But Ryan Haleski really looked good, their new quarterback. They've got Alabama coming in this week to uh, Williams-Brice Stadium. And the fans up there think it's going to be a lot like 2010 when we had that huge upset over Alabama. So, the Gamecocks are back. After one week, they were down, and now they're sky high.
0: I'm going to do my top four a little differently. Um, I'm doing mine by eye test. Mm-hmm. Just what I liked and what I saw. I'm with you guys. Clemson, LSU, 1-2. Justin Fields was impressive to me. And Cincinnati, it may not be a great team, but Luke Fickle knows Ohio State. you know he coached there, so he kind of knows Ryan Day, et cetera, and they just blew them out and and Justin Fields has been impressive for two weeks and Ohio State has looked better to me than I thought they would, you know, given new coach, you know all of that, and a new quarterback, but they have really looked good, and the other team, same kind of thing as Oklahoma. I know they haven't played anybody. But for a guy who supposedly can't throw in Jalen Hurts, he, he's pretty accurate. Now, again, we'll see when it gets a little tougher. Uh, and the Big 12 <clears throat> defensively isn't the best league. We know that. But he's been impressive. And and I think it goes to show you what Lincoln Riley can do with his quarterbacks. He's proven it that. So they'd be my four.
1: Yeah, Lincoln calling the plays there at Oklahoma. They're, they're going to be there at the end. Uh, they in Texas will probably fight it out. Uh, but my second uh, coach of the week was Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach. I think he's the first uh, head coach in Ohio State history that's the play caller also. The head wow. coach and the play caller. None of the uh, others, I, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe uh, Trestle, Trestle did a little bit. Trestle did. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he was play caller also. So he's the second one. But historically, they, they haven't had many. But Ryan was an offensive coordinator, got the job, when urban resigned last year and uh, he's got them ready to play i mean they were ready to play against cincinnati that is very impressive we're going to do a lot more on our last segment we we'll take a closer look at
0: florida and kentucky we'll look at some of the big games not a great week for big games around the country but we'll take a look at uh some of those so uh stay with us Connect
1: more I'm with- Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach. And I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis.
3: Well, Coach, you're not the only one because I got the vehicle that I drive from Davis-Gainesville Chevrolet. But the question is now, how do we get everybody else in town to jump on the Davis bandwagon?
1: If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators.
3: So what you waiting for? Get to Main Street today and check out Davis-Gainesville Chevrolet. Because real Gators drive Davis. This is Jack Fine at Fine Far Cash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve, so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farkash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices Gainesville.
4: Listen up. Gainesville Harley-Davidson's used bike Red Tag Clearance event is back. Used 2019 Fat Bob 114 was $19,995. Red Tag price only $15,995. Used 2019 Street Glide Special only 2,000 miles red tagged at $22,995. Pre-owned 2019 Road King Special only 1,400 miles red tagged at $18,995. Over 80 used bikes clearly marked down. First come first serve so get to Gainesville Harley-Davidson's Red Tag Clearance event. That. Learn more at GainesvilleHarley.com. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
1: At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem, and Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. So call them up and start feeling better today. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle,
0: live on ESPN ninety-eight one FM, eight fifty AM, WYUF. It is our podcast with Steve Spurrier, Shane Matthews, and yours truly, Steve Russell. Guys, let's take a look at the schedule this week for some of the bigger games. It, it's not a big week in terms of you know big matchup games. But, uh, Coach, let's start with the game you mentioned, Alabama at South Carolina. Does Will Muschamp have a chance here?
1: I think they have a chance. I know not many people out there will believe that. But, uh you know, strange things can happen. Uh, they got them at home. I guarantee that crowd was going to be loud. They'll be behind uh, the Gamecocks just like they were nine years ago. So, they got memories of it, and whether or not this team can put it all together, uh, we'll wait and see. But if the ball bounces around and guys play better than they ever have, uh, you know, stuff can happen. Upsets can happen. So, I don't know who's going to win the game, but I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Well, I, I,
2: I do think uh, they have a chance. Uh, you know, anytime you go on the road in the SEC, anything can happen. And as Coach said, last time Alabama was in Columbia, they lost. So, uh you know, we'll see. I, I think it's uh it's all going to come down to can can Carolina move the football with their new quarterback. UCF has
0: Stanford this week. Now, Stanford lost to USC, but this is a chance
1: for UCF to play a Power 5 team. I'm going with UCF all the way. Uh they can throw the ball around, they can score, and they got pride, they got tradition down there. I mean, what they've done, I think they're what 37 and 1 oh. the last 2 3 years, something like that. Unbelievable. Uh, they've uh, they they know how to win down there.
2: Yeah, Stanford. I mean, they just gave up a bunch of points to USC with the new quarterback, and uh, I know that uh, the UCF is putting in a, a new quarterback. You know, Mackenzie Milton's have been out for a year or so, but I think UCF has just too much speed and too many athletes for them. Um, this will be an interesting game: Florida State and Virginia.
1: Where is that? Is that a- it's in Charlotte. It's in Charlotte,
2: State. yep. I don't think Florida State can win that game. Mm, yeah. I think Charlotte uh, – Charlotte. I think uh, Virginia is a pretty solid team. You know, they went to a bowl. They beat South Carolina last year in a bowl game. Uh, they have a, a very elusive quarterback, dual threat guy, and I just think they're very well coached, and I think you'll see that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Virginia has made some strides uh, the last uh, year or two. And uh, they definitely would be the favorite. Coach, you're one of your better teams. <clears throat> who you pick, North Carolina? Mm-hmm. They got to go to Wake Forest Friday. How do you see that? Uh, I, it's a close one. That's a close one. Wake Forest has really come around. They're, they uh, they're not the bottom of the ACC anymore, they're in the top maybe in the top five six something like that so at wake forest uh i don't know i would i would think the home team might have a slight edge
2: that's going to be an interesting game because as coach said that north carolina's beaten two power five teams i don't think anybody thought they could beat south carolina i don't think anybody thought they could beat miami how are those kids feeling right now you know they're getting padded You know, on the back, class Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Kim Mack Brown get them focused to play on a Friday night? And Wake Forest, let me tell you, they can move the football. They can score. They can Mm -hmm. score. So uh, it'll be a fun game to watch. Steve, you you have a
0: Clemson team that had a big game at home, and they beat A&M. Syracuse was busted up last week pretty good, but now Syracuse at home gets Clemson. Does Clemson – do the job
2: i don't think i don't think syracuse has a chance even though it's in the carrier dome i think clemson's way too talented and what i saw from syracuse last year i don't know how many players they lost i know they lost their quarterback but defensively they look pathetic so i think mm-hmm. this is just this is going to be a boat race
1: i tell you what clemson and Dabo and his guys they they're not they didn't go 15 and zero last year by not being ready every week uh, and Syracuse almost beat them. Remember, they had to hit the fourth mm-hmm. down pass uh, to keep that drive alive uh, to beat Syracuse last year. So they'll they'll definitely be ready for Syracuse, and they're a much better team. So I don't I don't see any upsets up there. And the last
0: one, I'm only picking this because it's the one of the better SEC matchups with a non conference team. You know Bill Snyder not at Kansas State anymore, but Kansas State's got
2: to go to Mississippi State. Should Mississippi State win at home? They should. It's uh you know a lot of people are liking this Mississippi State team, especially with Tommy Stevens at quarterback. Um, you know Starville's a tough place to play. You know Kansas they went out there last year and beat Kansas State. Kansas State a uh, little they they look a lot better offensively than they did under Bill Snyder, but uh, I think Mississippi State has too many athletes for them.
1: Yeah, Mississippi State should be the favorite in this one, and uh, they didn't play very well that first week, but uh, I think they're getting together a little bit more now.
0: Last one, also Friday, Washington State, nationally ranked, got to go to Houston. Now, we know Houston can score, but they also give up a lot, I think, a lot of points in this game. Well, yeah,
2: if you want to watch offense, this will be a game to tune in. It may last forever. Uh, You know, I know Washington State, they lost uh, a really good quarterback, but it seems like Mike Leach just plugs them in, you know, in that system. They throw it very well. So I think whoever can make a couple of stops in that game will win.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, big game for Washington State. They've won their first two against uh, smaller opponents. And so this is the first big test for them. Uh, they've been scoring in the 50s and holding the other guy to seven, ten, seventeen, 10, 17, something like that. But this is the first big test. Houston uh, <clears throat> did not play all that great against Oklahoma, but they made it a decent score at the end. Uh, but Washington State, yeah, Mike Leach, those guys, they throw the ball – all day in practice, a lot like we did, Shane. So they're good at throwing, they are good at it. And they run just enough to sort of keep you honest. Uh, but uh, they depend on the pass. And, and their guys play defense. Uh, they don't have, m- the biggest stars they got are maybe a couple of three-star guys. And then there's the two-star guys. Uh, They don't recruit the the top-of-the-line guys. They're not going to go to Pullman, Washington. But uh, I think Mike Leach and his staff, my son Steve Jr., is a wide receiver coach there, and uh, Jerry and I are going to this game. Are you? Yeah, we're going to be in Houston. That's sort of the closest uh, game they play this side of the USA. So we're going to go to that one. Uh, Friday night. It's a Friday night game. Yep. So uh, really looking forward to it. should be a heck of a game.
2: What's interesting about that game is, is Dana Holgerson, who learned that offense under Mike Leach, I don't know if they've ever coached against one another. Mm -hmm. should be interesting. Um, We will have a final segment coming up here. Uh, We're going to take, obviously, a closer look at Florida and Kentucky. Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. No hey, warm. man, what are you doing for the Gator Game? I'm pumped up. A bunch of us are getting together early to tailgate all day on campus. You should come by. Cool. You grilling out? What? No way. And have to deal with all the messy cleanup? Forget that. We're having Moe's cater our game day tailgate. Mo's. I love Moe's. I didn't know they offer game day tailgate delivery. Yep, Mo's delivers everything you need. Napkins, plates, utensils, even free chips and salsa. Delivery is free for orders $175 or more. Just place your order at Moe'sCateringFL.com. That's Moe'sCateringFL.com.
0: Have Moe's Catering. Your game day tailgate, just visit MoseCateringFL.com and go gators.
4: Hi, I'm Mark Herm with Mark Herm Company Heating and Air. If you're a gator fan, you know the phrase in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd singing. It. it meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, give our team a call and see how much we can save
5: you. 378-9422. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Man. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Café. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like Ropa Vieja and Arroz con Pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Café, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators.
3: It's a hard reality to know you're getting older, but we all have to go through it, and with it comes aches and pains with every single step, it seems like. But the good part is the pains are fixable if you take the time to stop by Titan MRI. There's lots of us out there that think we can handle the pain or it'll eventually go away, but what you may not realize, you could be ruining yourself for many years to come. So if you're just scared, don't be. Go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI. Their entire mindset is finding out what you need to feel better, and the process is as easy as walking into the swamp and smiling. With an average scan time of just 10 to 15 minutes, you can knock it out on your lunch break before the boss even knows you're gone. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town, and their staff has more than 20 years Of experience in the Gainesville community. And if you're worried about not having insurance, don't be. That's never a problem at Titan MRI. And they'll even have your scan read same day. So tell your doctor, refer you to Titan MRI or call them at 672 6644 today.
4: Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Welcome back
0: Our Inside the Huddle podcast Brought to you in part by Crime Prevention Security Systems And Titan MRI Guys, I want to go back to last year And read you some numbers When Kentucky beat Florida Benny Snell 27 carries 175 yards He's now playing in the National Football League Wilson, the quarterback A guy who isn't the most accurate guy was 11 of 16 for 151 yards and two touchdowns but he also hurt florida running the ball as he had 10 carries for 105 yards so that Mm. that aspect for kentucky may be missing here florida's leading rusher last year felipe franks in the game so florida did not run the ball well so take all of that Look what Kentucky's done this year with now a new quarterback. Benny Snell's not there, and what Florida's done so far. So I'll, Shane, I'll start with
2: you. If Florida wins this game, in your opinion, what's got to happen? Well, we can't turn the football over. Anytime you go on the road in this conference, you got to protect the football. That's the number one thing. I think. Uh, I think our secondary needs to play well for us because I think with Sawyer Smith, we're going to see them throw the ball a little bit more. I think it's. It, I think we catch a break night with uh with the quarterback being out because as you mentioned he had over 100 yards rushing and he threw the ball pretty well last year. So, you know, I, I, offensively, I watched Kentucky play a little bit of uh Toledo week 1 and they hurt, they were hurting in the secondary. Toledo was throwing the football all over them. Now, did they make a big big improvement to week two i don't know because i didn't get to see their game against eastern michigan but that's mark stoops baby you know he's he's a defensive back coach do they improve there but i think for us to win this game i think we need to throw the football because i think we can take advantage in their secondary
1: okay steve to win the game yes sir you first have to stop the run those stats you threw out i didn't realize benny snell had 175 and the quarterback 105 that's uh, It's hard to win if you give up that kind of rushing yard. So that's uh, the first thing uh, I'm sure defensive coordinator Todd Grantham has told our guys. We ain't going to let them run it down our throat like they did last year. So after you do that, then you stop the pass uh, second and uh, got a new quarterback in there. And I don't think uh, they'll throw it up and down the field. Uh, they may hit some balls here and there, but we we gotta stop the run. Gotta stop the run. That'll set everything else up. And then offensively we need to run a little better. A little bit better and still hit passes. We we gotta throw it downfield. Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, Josh Hammond, Grimes and Pitts, the tight ends. I mean we got some skilled guys that can go get it and make plays. So we gotta keep doing that and just uh, you know, play well. Play well the whole game. Uh we do those kind of things, we should be all right.
0: Franks, last year in the game, 17 of 38, 232 yards, two touchdowns, and was sacked twice. So statistically, from a percentage Mm -hmm. completion, you know, not the best. But I I want you guys to talk about him last week in terms of what you saw, because sometimes you guys have played the Mm position— Don't you have to take sort of what the defense gives you at some point? If it's not there, coach, you mentioned it right there when you do the play up. If it's not there, you check down and you get what you get and move to the next play. Isn't that the idea?
2: Yeah, you know, and I I think he's played pretty well this year. You know, there are a couple plays that that stick out against Miami. You know, he's got three guys draped on him and he's going down and he checks it down to Piran and Piran gains six yards. You know, instead of second and eighteen, we're second and four. So little things like that you know i don't think he was sacked the other night he was only sacked once i believe against miami and that's one thing that helps a play caller and your offensive line if the quarterback knows when to get rid of the football and when you go on the road you know place like kentucky we don't need a bunch of negative plays like sacks so uh i do think he's improved knowing where to go with the football and and helping his play caller out
1: yeah another thing it helps the quarterback is when you can run the ball if you can make Seven, eight, nine yards, especially on first down. Oh man, you can got a free throw down the field and then come back and always get the first down. So again, I, I think Coach Mullen and the coaches are really emphasizing, uh, let's get some runs and make some positive yards and still take our, our throws downfield. Now the little quick screen out sideways, if that's working, uh, shoot, you got to keep doing it. So, uh, well, uh, a lot of times we'd go into ball games uh, and we had a whole bunch of plays. And let's see which ones are working the best and, and call them. That was sort of, somebody said, how do you call plays? I said, try to call the ones you think are going to work. And then after that, it's up to the players.
0: You know, we talked a lot about offense, but let's switch sides of the mm. ball to end here and talk defense because it, it's, it's kind of hard to look at what Florida's done defensively in that. You know, Miami had those two tackles that were taken advantage of because they were so young, and then a team last week that was just overmatched. So
2: as you watch Florida defensively and and what it's done, what do you see? Well, I think we have a good defense, and I think they're going to get better as the season progresses. But, you know, one thing that we have going for us, we can rush the passer. And you don't have to bring extra guys at times. Those two defensive ends can cause a lot of havoc. And anytime time you go on the road, and now you got a guy who's not as mobile as Terry Wilson at the quarterback position, it plays into our favor. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously having C.J. out as one of the best corners in the country is going to hurt, but I just think, uh, you know, Ty Grantham, he's going to dial up some blitzes, and, and we may give up some plays here and there because that's just what happens when you blitz sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think our two defensive ends can really cause some problems in the passing game, but we got to – they're going to want to run the football. That's what Mark Stoops, does, Stoops wants to do. We have to stop the run.
1: Exactly. Stop the run, rush the passer, and those DBs will be fine. Uh, even if uh, a couple of freshmen are playing, just tell them don't get beat deep. You know, they're not going to hit a whole bunch of 15, 12, 15-yarders 15 with the pass rush that we can put on them.
0: This has been fun, and we're going to do this every week. And remember, you can hear it live here on ESPN one FM, 850 AM, WYUF, mm-hmm. and you can listen to it anytime on our website. And uh, you can go to that, and you'll be able to hear it. And uh, we'll see what happens this coming Saturday. It'll be a 7 o'clock game. By the way, if you've not heard for some reason, Florida and Tennessee is going to be a noon game. And I I hate to end on a sad note, but for those who have not heard, former Gator Naron Ball, after a a terrific struggle, has passed away. Very, very sad.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the guy was playing in the NFL not too long ago, and it's just a sad situation. And, you know, our prayers and thoughts go out to him and his family. No doubt. Um, and we wish all the best to his family on a very sad day
0: for Gator football. That's our show for today and our podcast for today. Thanks to Jake Kidd for producing it. We thank you for listening. And we'll do it again next week here at 10 o'clock. ESPN one FM, 850 AM. WYUF for Shane Matthews and Steve Spurrier. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day.
4: Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside the Huddle is paid for by weedy Marketing and produced by the University of Florida's ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The flagship of the Florida Gators. WRUF AM, Gainesville, and W. WT-